0: The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. So, do uh, wiener dogs scare you at all? We didn't,
1: they're just. I mean, they're just ever the feel, strangest looking animal ever.
0: Do you ever feel threatened
1: by a dachshund, a wiener dog? No, I mean, I mean if one I, was I barking
0: at can... you, it was like, you know, getting all in your face, would you feel threatened by that?
1: I couldn't get in my face. I mean, yeah, things, it gets in your ankles. It gets in my um, shin. gets in your ankles. No, I don't think I'd be, I'd be scared of that, no.
0: Well, how about if uh, seven of them were together? Would seven of them um, barking at you and seem kind of ferocious with that scare you?
1: Jeez. Um, not if I had a stool. Okay. I mean, all I'd need is a stool. Like, give me a foot. <laughs> so. a, a
0: woman in Oklahoma was mauled to death by seven wiener dogs. What? <laughs> yes. that's. Was she I mean, laying I'm, down when I'm, this happened? I'm not laughing because this woman was killed, but I, this, the story, the headline is just crazy. A pack of vicious dogs. They were promo- predominantly dachshunds. A couple of them were, were were not full-bred dachshunds, but they were wiener dogs. They had legs shorter than the, than the hand of a human, um, and they mauled a woman to death. Last week, it's unclear what caused them to attack the woman. Her name was Tracy Garcia, a 52-year-old woman, but they attacked her outside her home near Ardmore, um, Oklahoma. And uh, the owner of these dogs may end up facing charges because of it. But one of the dogs was shot after um, it charged one of the deputy sheriffs that responded to the attack. The other six were euthanized at the owner's request. So these dogs were just a, a gang of thugs, apparently. Thug wiener dogs. I didn't know such a thing existed.
1: It's, no, and of course, we're not trying to make right no, of no. it. Um, but, I mean, well, I guess any, any animal can, be, uh, can become vicious, but... I don't know. I just could never see it in wiener dogs. When
0: it's... the when the call came into the police, the person that called thought they may be um, uh, pit bulls, but they weren't. They were dachshunds. And couple of, one, one was a dachshund terrier mix, but these were all what would be considered very docile dogs. in uh, a group, a group of seven, apparently they turned into quite the monsters.
1: Well, I, I think seven of anything could tear you up pretty, pretty good. But um, I mean, it's just. That's why I asked. Was she laying down when this happened?
0: Yeah, it doesn't really describe how the incident occurred. Doesn't say she
1: fell. I don't. I don't know. Maybe
0: she fell and she was covered in bacon grease. I don't. I don't know what happened. But man, I mean, I feel badly for the family. Obviously, it's a horrible thing. But I just, it's hard to understand how that could happen with wiener dogs. Yeah,
1: I will say, little dogs like that, ankle biters, whatever you want to call them. um, The only ones I can't stand, and probably listeners out there probably have these chihuahuas. I can't stand chihuahuas. They
0: always seem angry, don't they? Well, they
1: just, yeah, they, ugh, just nipping at your ankles all the time (laughs) and and everything else. And uh, and let alone, I think any dog should be bigger than a cat. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if it's not bigger than a cat, then it's pretty much just an oversized rat. But um, yeah. Do you I, think do
0: you think Chihuahuas um, have like a Napoleon complex? Like you know that's well.
1: I, I do know that they have issues <laughs> with with that anything that's bigger than them, which is pretty much everything except for hamsters and gerbils and things <laughs> right. of that nature. But uh, I just I don't like Chihuahuas. Yeah, I just well, do not. I, I don't know I, what it is. I'm pre-
0: I'm pretty much there with you. With now the, I don't like you know wiener dogs. Yeah, I mean the only smaller dog is like a Yorkshire. Uh, I like those. They're cute. Um, oh, yeah. But beyond, I just, the little dogs, I don't know. They're just not my kind of, my not my cup of
1: tea. No, I just, I don't know. my uh, the dog has to be bigger than the cat. Yeah. It's I, just I the way it, it. it is. I agree with you.
0: Tonight, we're going to be talking about not dogs and cats. That would have been a great conversation for last night when we were talking. Now being
1: mauled to death by a wiener dog. <laughs>
0: yes, maybe, maybe. Our uh, pet animal communicator could have uh, figured out what was going on. But anyway, tonight we're going to be talking about lucid dreaming. We have lucid dreaming expert Dr. Claire Johnson joining us, and we'll talk about why these dreams are important, how to have lucid dreams, how to work with dreams to mindfully resolve nightmares, heal from trauma, how to help with sleep paralysis, healing from illness and pain, um, bereavement dreams when, when loved ones that have passed come to visit us, Uh, lucid dream telepathy and uh, much much more with uh, dr claire johnson tonight
1: well she even talks about the pros and cons of lucid dream sex yeah i didn't notice that no it's It's gonna be we're
0: gonna save that part of the conversation until after one dream
1: it's when you know you're dreaming and you kind of control it so Uh that might make the sex part, really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah we, <laughs> I'm not sure what to
0: say about that yet, but look, we will be it. A little geez, bit, Jeez, yeah. come on. Yeah. But know. anyway. <laughs> it if you,
1: what? It shouldn't make me blush, but it's making me blush. <laughs> Jeez, you look like you're sunburned. Anyways, uh, if you haven't yet, head over to facebook.com slash radio. And like the Facebook page for obsessed. us. Um,
0: <laughs> and a lot of people, we know a lot of people that download the show the next day because they just can't stay up until midnight. And they listen on their way to work or, or on the way home or whatever it happens to be.
1: Yeah. And do us a favor. If you download the show from iTunes or anywhere, just rate it for us because it helps make it easier for people to find. And that's what it's all about. It's all about getting the word out. And we greatly appreciate all the support you all have shown. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and be joined by our guest, Dr. Claire Johnson to start getting into lucid dreaming. All right. You listen to Jason and JV beyond reality radio. We'll be back after this.
0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to beyond reality paranormal. I'm your host, JV Johnson. I'm going to ask that you support this program. The easiest way to do that, by the way, is if you're listening as a podcast, you just open up the description of the episode and you scroll down to the bottom. And at the bottom, there is a link that says "Support." this podcast. If you click on that, you'll be taken to a page that gives you a couple of options for supporting the show. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us bring great programs to you every week, and we look forward to continuing to do that. And if you're enjoying the program on YouTube, there's another way you can support the show. Just go to the description. You'll see a link to a Patreon page. It's Joha J-O-H-A-W. And if you go to the Patreon page, you'll be able to pledge an amount to help support the show as well. Once again, thanks for your support. Thank you for listening Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: You're saying I can actually winterize my boat myself? Absolutely. I winterize my jet skis, my boats. Mm. I do it all myself. I mean, and I just... I'm I'm disgusted by what you told me, <laughs> and with the amount you spend. Yeah. I mean, literally, it cost me twenty bucks to winterize my jet skis. It cost me forty bucks to winterize each of the boats, yeah. and then then you wrap it. Yeah, so, we're gonna have, have to win.
0: talk. We're gonna have to talk next fall because I've been paying a lot of money to have that done. Welcome That's back ridiculous. to the welcome back to the show, everybody. It's Beyond Reality Radio with Jason and JV. The phone number is eight four four six eight seven. 7669. You'll uh, want to write that down so you can call into our program when we open up the phone lines later for questions um, with our guest, Dr. Claire Johnson. We're going to be talking about lucid dreaming tonight. So let's bring Claire into the program. Hey, Claire, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. It's terrific to have you on tonight.
2: Hi, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, thanks
0: so much for coming on. So the first question has to be, where are you, where are you tonight that we are uh, contacting you from?
2: Well, for me, it's not tonight. It's the morning. It's like six in the morning. I'm calling from Germany.
0: Germany. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we appreciate you getting up nice and early to do this show with us. So it's that's good, very good. good way to start your day. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah, oh, it's good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> let's let's start with getting a few definitions out of the way. Tell us exactly what lucid dreaming is.
2: Yeah. So, lucid dreams are dreams when you realize that you are dreaming while you are dreaming. So you know, most of the time when we dream, we have no idea that we're dreaming, we believe everything that's happening, all the crazy stuff that happens. And when we wake up, we say, Hey, how come I didn't realize that it was a dream when a giraffe walked into my living room like that, you know, (laughs) but in a lucid dream, you understand, hey, giraffe in the living room, this is not normal. This must be a dream, I am dreaming. And so when you have that moment of realization, it's just quite incredible, the transformation that can take place in the dream. The colors become more vivid, and you feel really alive, really conscious of every single unfolding moment. And that gives the, you the opportunity to engage consciously with these deep, unconscious dream images that you're surrounded by.
1: But is that the biggest barrier, though, trying to uh, teach yourself to understand when you're dreaming and to understand that you are dreaming? And because that that's a huge well that's a huge wall a huge barrier there that you need to get over
2: yeah yeah exactly because because we are so used to just slipping into unconsciousness every night it's quite hard at first to introduce consciousness into that state which is why it's very important to to try and be aware of our state of consciousness at every moment during our waking time as well. So like right now, you can ask yourself, what sort of state of consciousness are you in? It's late at night there. I mean, I'm sure you guys aren't sleepy because you're the radio hosts, (laughs) but maybe some of your listeners are feeling like they're getting a bit tired, you know, their brain waves are changing, turning down into more alpha waves and they're chilling out because they're preparing to go to sleep. And it's really good to just ask yourself, what state of consciousness am I in? Because then you'll find yourself asking that in a dream and realising, Hey, I'm actually dreaming right now.
0: You obviously um, have chosen a profession that, that focuses on this. At some point, you made that decision. What was it about lucid dreaming or dreams in general that attracted your attention to uh, make it a career move for
1: you?
2: Well, there was really no kind of choice involved for me. Uh, My earliest memory was when I was three years old and I had a, a dream, a very vivid dream that I was playing in a turquoise swimming pool and everything was wonderful. And then the dream started to change into a nightmare and I started to sink and I started to drown and I started to panic in this dream. And then suddenly I had this flash of lucidity. I understood I had a choice, either I could stay in the dream and drown or I could wake myself up. And so in the dream I decided to wake up and I rolled over really violently in the water, so violently that I actually fell right out of my actual bed. (laughs) And then my mother came running up when she heard the bump and said, um, oh, Claire, don't worry. It was just a dream. It wasn't real. And I thought, well, how could she say it's not real? I mean, that was so strange for me to hear that this totally realistic dream world that I had just been in was not real. And so that for me was the start of understanding that there were these two different worlds. One was the world that everybody seemed to think was more important. (laughs) And then there was this other world of dreams that for me felt incredibly real and important, yet adults dismissed it. And so as I grew up, I continued to have really, really vivid dreams. I had also episodes of sleepwalking where I'd get up and wander around the house in the night. Um, I had nightmares and I also had very beautiful, lucid experiences that I had no idea, of course, then what lucid dreaming was. But all these dream experiences, they stayed with me. They were very important for me in my life because they were so real. And so that's what um, fascinated me in this whole subject. And I started to study it at university um, Yeah, when I was an undergraduate. Is, is it considered a science Well, it is these days, but um, in the past, you know, in the past, there was no kind of scientific proof. But luckily, in 1975, Dr. Keith Hearn, he's a British psychologist, um, he had the idea of doing an experiment where you wire up a lucid dreamer to all these electrodes and and you get them to signal when they become lucid in a the dream. They um, ask the lucid dreamer to signal with left, right eye movements, uh, sweeping movements that will show up on the polygraph machine. And so he managed to, to do this. Obviously, It took quite a while to actually get to the right moment and to get the right person to come and be able to signal from their lucid dream. But he managed to, to make this happen. And that was the first scientific proof uh, of lucid dreaming. So the lucid dreamer was signaling to say, hey, I am currently lucid in my dream right now. And that was scientific proof. Well,
1: that's got to be amazing enough because you're sort of creating a doorway from the dream world to the real world, if, especially if you're able to give signs that you are lucid dreaming at that point.
2: Exactly. And I think it must be really hard to do those eye signals without waking yourself up, you know, because uh, when you start thinking too much about your physical body it, while you're lucid dreaming, you kind of get closer to it and you kind of start to wake up. Um, I've had lucid dreams before where I've experimented um, with shouting my own name because there was a Russian philosopher called Uspensky who said that it was impossible to pronounce your own name in a dream without waking up. And I thought, that sounds like nonsense to me i'm going to try it and so i went to sleep um i had a lucid dream and i started shouting my name at the, you know at the top of my voice claire claire and i suddenly became aware of my of my actual physical vocal cords and my mouth uh, and i i was worried then that i was going to wake up because i could really feel myself emerging and i thought nowhere am i going to wake up because that would you know. That would prove uh, that would prove him wrong, and I know that I can do this without waking up. <laughs> so I stopped shouting, but I stayed in the dream and I managed to continue to sleep. Um, but it does bring you closer to your physical body for sure. If you start thinking about it too much, that can be quite a distraction in a lucid dream
1: just reminds me a lot of that movie jim and you probably remember dreamscape oh yeah of course from like 84 85 or whatever yeah we're talking with dr
0: claire johnson uh she's a lucid dreaming expert her website is deep check that out we'll have more of this conversation after the break we'll talk about her books including mindful dreaming and llewellyn's complete book of lucid dreaming
1: beyond reality radio we'll be back after this
0: Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products and all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark because you deserve to save too. Become a Shark and save. Let's bring our guest back into the program, uh, Dr. Claire Johnson. Claire, I want to talk about, um, again, getting a real handle on what lucid dreaming actually is. Because I know from personal experience, I'll I'll be having a dream. And at some point during that dream, I will start to, I don't know if it's wake up a little bit. But as you defined it, I start to become aware that I am having a dream. And I can almost control it in a way. Is that what we're Mm -hmm. talking about when we're talking about lucid dreaming?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, dream, lucid dreaming is not all about sort of dream control and dominating the dream, but that an aspect to of lucid dreaming is guiding the dream, or it can be if you want to guide the dream. So what you'll often find in a lucid dream is that you can experiment within the dream state, which is very exciting. Uh, this is part of uh, the work that I did uh, when I was doing my PhD into lucid dreaming as a creative tool. So uh, I would go into the dream state, become lucid, And then I would experiment with the environment to get creative ideas for my novel that I was writing at the time. So, for example, one of the things I could do from becoming lucid in the dream is say, right, I'd like to find my novel character and get to know him a bit better or ask him questions. And I was able to do that and find out, really find out quite surprising things about my novel characters, which I was then able to bring into my novel. And another thing you can do in lucid dreams, um, scientific studies have shown that you can actually improve sports skills in lucid dreams. So when you become lucid in the dream, you can decide to practice a sports skill, uh, for example, swimming or kickboxing or throwing darts. And when you practice in the lucid dream, you're strengthening the, the pathways within the brain, and when you wake up, you've got this you've got this added memory. It's like doing extra practice in your dreams, and then when these athletes performed those same sports when they woke up. They found that their performance was enhanced, and there are some there's some amazing uh, amazing uh, things that lucid dreamers have done. For example, one of the lucid dreamers, um, he was a swimmer, and his teacher told him, "You will never be a good swimmer. You're 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 a terrible swimmer." And he just, you know, didn't listen. Thank thankfully, <laughs> and in his lucid dreams, he began to practice his swim strokes, and he would create a swimming pool made from uh, with instead of water, he would use like honey, so he could test the muscle resistance or once he created a swimming pool full of sweeties and uh, you know like um, candies you would call them and he swam through that and he practiced his rolls and his turns and he became the best swimmer in the class he got the highest possible mark for his swimming because while the other students were sleeping he was practicing his swimming in his dreams oh. so anything is possible <laughs> all
1: right so when all right, so when it comes down to lucid dreaming tell me all right so being able to solve a problem in a dream—if and just bringing up an idea—about a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was trying to figure out this wiring schematic and busting my busting my butt on it all day long. Couldn't figure it out. Ended up falling asleep and at night and everything. And in my dream, I saw that wiring schematic, and for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I I understood what I needed to do. So when I got up, I was able to go and. And fix fix the uh, the wire issue that that I had, but I mean I did that in my dream. It somehow it answered my question. As but now is that lucid dreaming or is that just something else?
2: Oh well, I mean basically in the dream state we enter a more creative state of mind our brain waves change as well they become uh, more sort of theta oriented instead of this wide awake beta rhythm that we have going on most of the day when we're alert and we slip closer to our unconscious now the unconscious is is just incredibly important it knows all sorts of things that we don't know um and so when we go deeper, and we we enter into contact with the unconscious, the unconscious has been working on that problem without us even realizing it as we go about our day. And then it will present the answer to us in a dream or help us towards a solution. I mean, I've heard of students who um, have solved really complex equations in lucid dreams, uh, because they're just in a different mindset, of course, in a dream. And they can practice equations on a a blackboard um, and wake up, and usually it's like, 95% 95% accurate what they come up with. I mean, studies have, have shown this and this is an incredibly high percentage when you think that this person is actually just lying in bed, you know, fast, fast asleep apparently. But there's a lot going on in that person's mind when they're lucid and they're connecting with their dreams in a problem-solving way.
1: Well, and I, and I understand that totally because when I was working on the situation, it was, for whatever reason, it was like my my thoughts were sort of battling what really needed to be done is something mm-hmm. for whatever reason i was telling myself no that, that that's not going to work or whatever but when you go to sleep yeah. you, you don't have that that part of your brain really trying to fight what you know is right so it it that's just exactly op- it. yeah it just opens it up and and it's one yeah. of those things where all of a sudden you're like ah, oh, just duh it's like common sense i should have just did it this <laughs> way so it's strange that's how right. those happen.
2: Yeah it seems so simple doesn't it <laughs> but it's uh, it's because you you do you have less of a critical mind when you're, when you're dreaming. You know, the critical mind just backs right off, it stops saying that's not possible, that won't work. All that sort of negative talk just goes out the window, because you're in the dream state and anything is possible. And that's when the unconscious can really speak to you. So in fact, lucid dreaming is, is just such a great way of getting in, in touch with this incredibly creative, unconscious part of ourselves. Right. And the unconscious also holds the key to our health and our emotional wellness. So, um, that we should, in there.
1: <laughs> so that we should tell all the listeners you got a problem. Just go to sleep and it'll solve.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all my, <laughs> it will help them I, yeah, all my problems get that.
1: solved when I
0: go to sleep. I, I think that's definitely true. Um, I have to ask you, Claire, why is dreaming important to begin with, whether it's lucid or just regular, plain old dreaming? Why is that important to us and why is it such a, a big part of our psychological and actually our physical well-being?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, as as you know, sleep is vitally important for health. Um, sleep in general, it plays an essential role in good mental and physical health and quality of life. Sleep is, is is sacred in a way. I mean, if we don't get enough quality sleep, our overall health worsens. We're more likely to develop chronic health issues and become less stable on the emotional level because sleep balances hormones, supports a healthy immune system, and it helps us to heal. And dreams, dreams also have a healing function because they release emotions that are too strong before these emotions can build up in the body and cause blocks like a creative block or an emotional block uh, or even perhaps physical illness. Um, So dreams help us to release all these emotions that have been building up during the day. And that's why dreams are so emotional often, very vivid, very emotional and They often seem to contain emotions that we feel like, oh, well, I would never get that angry about that situation in waking life, so why did I go ballistic in my dream? Well, that's the dream, just releasing too much of this, this angry angry emotion that we need to, to release in order to be healthier. And dreaming also has the function of consolidating memory and neuroscience shows that it helps the learning process. So dreaming is just an incredibly natural, very healing, healthy function. So, and we do it all every night. And when we become more conscious of our dreams, then we can get even more from them. When we become mindful in our dreams, we can draw on our dreams for creativity we can help to overcome fears transform nightmares and improve our waking performance and solve problems
1: well let me ask this though is lucid dreaming dangerous
2: <laughs> well no lucid dreaming is not dangerous lucid dreaming is, a, is completely natural it occurs spontaneously also in children uh, my little girl is also a lucid dreamer she's eight years old now um, and I had lucid dreams as I as I said earlier from very very young age so this is a natural phenomenon of sleep and um, I mean, what What do you think? What What were you thinking when you asked the question? What well, kind I of? Mean, I mean,
1: there's there's always these uh, people used to always say when you were younger, you know, if you fall out of a dream, uh, if you fall in a dream and if you wake up before you hit, because if you hit, you're dead. But all these other things, <laughs> and, and a lot of people will say that they had these things happen in the dream, wake up and they have a mark on them. So and the, mm. it just makes you wonder if lucid dreaming is dangerous or well, dreaming in general, I guess.
2: I mean, the thing is with, um, with dying in, in dreams, I know of lucid dreamers who have purposefully actually died in their dreams just to see what would happen. Um, and I can, I can guarantee you they're still alive. <laughs> but um, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting thing because um, the, the dreamers that I know who are trying things like that in their dreams, um, they're, well, they're pretty kind of advanced on a spiritual path and they're looking to transcend their, their fears of death. And one way of trying to transcend a fear of death is to experience it on the on the dream level. Uh, but that's probably not a practice for, for everybody. It's probably more kind of an advanced practice. Um, but generally, lucid dreaming, uh, it's actually if you if you engage respectfully with your dreams while you're lucid then there are so many positive benefits psychologically, emotionally, and physically. Uh, People have actually um, healed physical ailments in their lucid dreams by directing healing energy towards them. And people have resolved very deep-rooted fears uh, that have emerged in recurring nightmares and, and making them scared to go to sleep simply by becoming lucid in the dream, knowing that they are safe in their beds and they will wake up safely. Um, And then being able to engage in positive ways with the nightmare images, for example, by sending love to the scary dream monster, you know, and that can be, it sounds so easy like child's play, but it can be incredibly transformative on a deep level because we're engaging with our deepest unconscious fears in those nightmares.
0: And, and for those of you new to the program, this is something we don't do enough of because we have people tuning in for the first time all of the time. Um, we, you know, we rotate topics. We talk about all things strange, paranormal, conspiracy, uh, unique.
1: Yeah, stuff you don't, you won't really hear most other places.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's, and they leave it to us to talk about it. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> Bigfoot walking in your kitchen. Give us a shout. <laughs> let, let us know when it happens. Um, but tonight we're talking
0: uh, with uh, Dr. Claire Johnson about lucid dreaming, and this is a, a short Segment, Claire, but um, I think it gives us, mm-hmm. enough, gives us enough time to talk about um, lucid dreaming and the, and the, and the uh, circumstances or conditions that have to be present for it to happen for you. Is there anything that's, that's consistently necessary for someone to be able to have a lucid dream?
2: Well, I think you've got to know yourself in the sense of how much sleep do you need? Are you a deep sleeper or a very light sleeper? Um, So if you're a deep sleeper, it's a very good idea to try the wake back to bed technique technique, which is when you allow yourself to have four or five hours of deep sleep, then you set your alarm clock and you wake up and think about lucid dreaming and think about the dreams you've had. Imagine yourself becoming lucid in them. And then you go back to sleep while repeating a little mantra to yourself. I am lucid. This is a dream. I am lucid. This is a dream as you fall back to sleep. And then hopefully you then find yourself repeating your mantra within a dream and you've actually managed to remain conscious while you fall to sleep. So that's good for deep sleepers. Um, if you're a light sleeper and I'm I'm a light sleeper, I think lucid dreaming seems pretty um, seems a lot easier. Um because you can also use nap times. Nap times are great for lucid dreaming because you often then go straight into REM sleep, which is very uh, rich, uh, vivid dream imagery, and that helps you to become lucid. Um, But it's a good idea to consider your own brain chemistry in that sense. When is the right moment for you? Um, Sleeping in in the mornings is another very good thing because again, you have most of your rapid eye movement sleep cycle towards the morning hours. Um, And then just also just reminding yourself all the time. And some people do things like they'll hold a pebble in their hand while they sleep. And every time they squeeze the pebble, they'll remember, oh yeah, yeah, I'm having a lucid dream tonight, And uh, just to remind them. And it's very good to set your intention, have a very firm intention to become lucid in your dreams.
1: Well, what about some? when I was younger, and I know many other people have been able to do this, it, you'd fall asleep, you'd have a dream, and of course you'd wake up and the next night you'd go to bed thinking about that dream and Mm -hmm. sort of getting back into the storyline of that, that dream you had the night prior. So as if you were able to keep on accessing that same, same type of storyline in your dream. Now, is that a type of lucid dreaming? Um,
2: well, yes, it's um, it's very, it's a very kind of aware thing to do, is to, to go back to the dream you had before. Now, whether or not you're fully lucid depends um, on your level of consciousness within that state. But a lot of people do this dream re-entry. Um, they they go back into the same dream and they continue to unfold the story night after night, which is lovely. It just shows that this natural storytelling mode that our minds have. You know, we're natural storytellers, and our dreams can really help us. To to do this um, so that's a very nice a nice way to have a lucidity trigger as well if you're constantly dreaming about the same theme then you say to yourself ah the next time i have that dream i'm going to know that i'm dreaming and then i can engage consciously with everything that's happening in that dream
1: things i could do 30 years ago 35 years ago i can't do anymore i don't sleep anymore so i kind of get screwed on the whole. Anymore. i barely sleep now so i kind of get screwed Ooh. on the whole lucid dreaming or dreaming in general thing what about about you, JV? After you
2: naps?
1: <laughs> No, I, I can't. nap. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, if the sun's uh, up, I can't. I can't sleep.
0: And I'm the same way. We, given the nature of our schedule, uh, Claire, we don't yeah. we don't get the benefit of a lot of sleep. But I do try to sneak in a nap every day. If I can get an hour, it's usually usually pretty good. It's not, It doesn't always happen. But you're right about napping, though. There was something about that sleep that's far different than overnight sleep.
2: Yeah, it's a much lighter sleep and, uh, you know, your body's tired, but your, your brain and your mind is more alert. So you're more likely to realize that you're dreaming in that state. But there are so many other states that can lead to lucid dreaming, like just simply lying down. And closing your eyes and relaxing will also take you really close to this doorway that's called hypnagogia. These are these uh, images and sensations that come up just as we're on the cusp of sleep. And if you can grab those with your conscious attention, that can always lead you into a lucid dream as well. So it's just a question of being mindful while you're falling asleep, you know, instead of just thinking, oh, thank goodness, I can just let go and fall asleep. You kind of wake yourself up on a level and say, hey, I'm going to watch what's happening here because it's so interesting well, we, see what happens <laughs> we
1: barely scratch the surface we're talking with dr claire johnson a lucid dreaming expert you listen to jason and jv beyond reality radio we'll be back after this hey
0: everybody thanks for listening to beyond reality paranormal i'm your host jv johnson i'm going to ask that you support this program the easiest way to do that by the way is if you're listening as a podcast, you just open up the description of the episode and you scroll down to the bottom. And at the bottom, there is a link that says support this podcast. If you click on that, you'll be taken to a page that gives you a couple of options for supporting the show. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us bring great programs to you every week, and we look forward to continuing to do that. And if you're enjoying the program on YouTube, there's another way you can support the show. Just go to the description. You'll see a link to a Patreon page. It's Joe Hall j-o-h-a-w and if you go to the patreon page you'll be able to pledge an amount to help support the show as well once again thanks for your support thank you for listening please share it with your friends so tonight we're talking about lucid dreaming with a lucid dreaming expert dr claire johnson we'll bring her back into the program in just a few minutes but um i want to talk about this for a second uh what do you think about the idea of living to be older than a hundred years old do you think that's a good thing or not so good thing
1: well, I think it's I think it's it's a good thing because you get to see more and more of the gen- generations of the uh, the family that you've you've created.
0: Well, the oldest person in the world who's 128 years old wishes she had died much younger saying that her longevity has actually be, been a punishment and she doesn't understand why she continues to live.
1: Is it because she's experienced so much loss throughout Living that
0: long? Well, she does say that she hasn't enjoyed a single happy day in her entire life. So I don't know. Maybe it's a life of real hardship, and, and maybe that's the reason. I'm not sure. I suppose if She's you had, just a,
1: seems like a downer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I
0: mean, 128 years old hasn't lived a single
1: happy day in her life, according I mean, to her. Have you, have, have you had kids? Have you been married? I mean, these are those are all happy days.
0: She is a Russian citizen, and she bluntly says her longevity was God's will, and she did nothing to make it happen. Um, she says it could be a healthier active lifestyle, but she says she has no idea how she lived until now. And she'll be 129 years old in two weeks and has not had a happy day.
1: Well, congratulations to her on the age. I'm sorry that it's been, you know, some really crappy days. A lot of them by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know, man. It's yeah. I just, I think living, living that old is great, but I definitely don't want to outlive any any of my well, my wife or my kids.
0: This is kind of interesting stuff. She was her birth date is June first, eighteen
1: eighty nine. Wow. So she's so she's been able to see well two two changes. I mean Wow. She was 27 years old during the
0: Russian Revolution when the last Russian Tsar Nicholas II was forced to abdicate. She was 55 years old when the Second World War ended in 1945, and she was 102 years old when the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991.
1: And look at all that she's seen though. I, know. I mean, going from from then up to now, I mean, it's it's been an amazing amazing amount of time and just just all the advancements we've had in that time. So I just, I wish she didn't say that she hasn't had one happy day yeah, all that, that time.
0: That makes it tragic, I suppose. But that
1: seems you know, four thousand plus, I don't know, whatever.
0: She clearly didn't know the secret 4, to lucid dreaming. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. She, she didn't know the secret to lucid dreaming. Let's bring our guest back in, Doctor Claire Johnson. By the way, the phone number is 844-687-7669. If you're waiting on hold, we will get to your calls. Please just be patient. Um, Claire, when we talk about Lucid dreaming and the fact that, um, you know, you basically there are there there are ways you can induce this or kind of control or at least uh, put some energy into trying to make it happen. Is this universal? Can everybody do this if they if they try?
2: Yeah, lucid dreaming is a learnable skill, and there have been studies that have shown uh, that using the more common lucid dream induction techniques results in a much higher rate of dream lucidity. Uh, so there was a study by uh, Dr. Aspie from the University of, of Adelaide. No, University of Adelaide, sorry, and he um, he tested uh, three groups of participants to test. Reality testing, which is when you ask yourself, what state of consciousness am I in and is this a dream? So he got them to do this. He also got them to do the wake back to bed technique, which I discussed earlier, when you wake yourself up after four or five hours of deep sleep and then stay awake for a little bit and then try and go straight into a lucid dream. And also the mnemonic induction of lucid dreams, which is when you... Try and intend to remember that you're dreaming before you return to sleep. The next time I'm dreaming, I will remember that I'm dreaming, you say to yourself. And you imagine yourself in a lucid dream. And uh, in fact, it was a pretty high uh, success rate. Um, Many of the people managed to have uh, lucid dreams in the period of just one week, um, which was a lot lot higher than the, the week where they didn't practice any techniques. So basically it is a learnable skill you have to kind of want to do it i think willpower is very key in becoming lucid in a dream you need to think about it and you need to bring it into your waking life as well just keep thinking if this were a lucid dream right now this moment right now what would i do and then imagine yourself going on a wonderful lucid dream adventure (laughs) just bring it into your daily life and it can happen sure
0: Let's uh, jump to listener calls here. Try to get a few of these in. This is uh, Carrie calling in from Colorado. Hey, Carrie, welcome to the show. Carrie, hey, are you there?
1: Welcome to the show.
3: I'm I'm here. Um, I'm so happy that you took my call, and um, I think that Miss Claire Johnson should give me a call because I can totally relate. I I can totally control my dreams. Um, I've fallen. Um, I've stopped my dreams and like looked at people, you know, like people that are you know have been dead. And everybody should be able to do this. It's it's so great, and mm-hmm. it's 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 a real thing. I mean, the only thing that sometimes I have confusion is when I have a dream within a dream. And I don't like having those.
0: <laughs> Carrie, have you been able so to, to do this? To do. Carrie, have you been able to do this all your life?
3: No. No. It, I, um, it was kind of like maybe having bad dreams, and then I got sick and tired of it, and I'm like, I'm going to control it. So I did.
0: So you made a decision to control it. What do you think about that, Claire?
3: Yeah,
2: I think that's a a very good way, a very effective way of dealing with nightmares. Um, Nightmares are, in fact, healing gifts. A lot of people don't realize this because nightmares can be so dreadful uh, and make us feel so scared or shocked or upset but they can also be very healing. Nightmares come to us for a reason. They highlight unconscious fears, buried traumas or unresolved emotions. But their primary purpose is to help us to heal from those things. They're kind of like red flags. You know, they point out the parts of ourselves and our lives that we need to work on in order to be happier and healthier. So when we become lucid in a frightening dream or a nightmare, we're in a wonderful position because lucid dreamers can interact directly with these unconscious images and resolve them or transform them into healing experiences or else change the dream so it has a happier conclusion so there are all sorts of possibilities
0: again thanks for the call carrie we appreciate you uh, adding to the conversation that, here
1: that dream state being in a dream in a dream i've had before and that's the creepiest thing out there have you ever had that oh, Jamie? yeah
0: I can't recall it. I'm not very good at remembering my dreams. That's another thing, Claire. Um, Why are some people better at remembering their dreams versus others? Is that a learnable skill or is that just a, a, a function of how your mind works?
2: It's, it's also a learnable skill, actually. Um, and so the thing to do is when you wake up in the morning, don't wake up to an annoying alarm clock because that puts an end to all your dream recall. So it's good to wake up to a favorite song, for example, and that conditions your mind that when you listen to that song, you recall your dreams. And then you don't move your physical position because the body is retaining the memory of the dream you were just in. So you stay still and you ask yourself, What was I just doing? Who was I just with? How was I just feeling? And then you'll gradually find that you'll get details of a dream and then you can kind of pull it along like it's on a thread to get the whole dream to come out. Um, And then you can just um, write it down, just jot it down, even if it's just a dream title. And then that will help you to recall the dream. And the more you get into trying to recall your dreams, Um, the easier it becomes it's just like practicing anything really and once your dreaming mind realizes that you're interested in it and that you want to remember your dreams they also seem to become more vivid Uh, it's like your dreaming mind's like a flower if you water a flower then it blossoms and grows and looks amazing and it's the same with dreams they want our attention they want us to listen to them Um, and so you can create that for sure yes
0: Let's go back to our phone lines here. We've got Pat calling in from Missouri. Hey, Pat, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you. Um, I would like to ask her, um, I, I, don't go to, I don't sleep at night, but whenever it starts to crack daylight, I will get so tired and sleepy, and I will want to go into a sleep. My mom used to tease me and told me I was part vampire. What do you (laughs) think causes that?
2: Um, So are you sure that you don't sleep during the night? You you really feel like you're completely sleepless?
4: Yes, I do. Because I'll just Mm -hmm. lay in bed and I'll toss and turn and... And every and everything else, I'm, I'm just not a bit sleepy till it mm-hmm. starts to crack daylight, and then yeah. I get so very very tired.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, well, I mean, a good thing to do uh, because this is insomnia, really. Uh, if you have insomnia, then it's good not to lie there tossing and turning and and with your brain really active. Instead, um, you're supposed to actually get out of bed and sit in the dark <laughs> until you're really tired and then go back to bed so just sit out of bed and let your mind just relax and let those crazy racing thoughts just kind of calm down and this is supposed to really help with insomnia and then you go back to bed and you're more ready to go back to bed but um, trying to sort of tossing and turning and, and really and kind of looking at the alarm and, and thinking oh no you know I've only been asleep for three hours or oh it's only three, three more hours till I have to get up that's kind of a stress So it's good to try and um, break that cycle. Um, And everybody's different, you know, people have all sorts of different sleep habits. um, And it can help as well to turn your bedroom into a very sacred sleeping space. So don't do anything in your bedroom apart from sleep, you know, no reading or no other activities, just have it as a kind of uh, a sacred sleeping space.
1: No other activities?
2: Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, and sex, of course. I mean, <laughs> Speaking is sex. They're both I mean, never allowed, buddy. Pat, <laughs> by the recommendations. Pat,
0: thank you so much for the phone call. I uh, hope that helped. Uh, my first question to you was, where are we talking you to you from? You said Germany. You clearly don't have a German accent. So, are you? Do you live in Germany or are you visiting Germany? Uh, what's that about?
2: Yeah, I live in Germany at the moment. I've lived in various European countries. Uh, I am a. Obviously, I'm English, um, but I've lived in Portugal and France and Spain, uh, as well as Germany and the UK. Um, and I, yeah, I, I like to move around. I mean, Europe's uh, it's all very close, you know, lots of very different countries, very close together. <laughs> and I like to learn the language of the place that I'm living in and get into the culture. I just find that a nice way to to live my life.
0: That's nice. Yeah, that, that is terrific. Yeah. Um, We have uh, just a couple minutes here before our next break, so I want to talk about the books for a second. I've mentioned Mindful Dreaming. I've mentioned Llewellyn's complete book of lucid dreaming. Uh, You also um, wrote two lucid dream-inspired novels.
2: Yeah, yes, I did. Uh, So the first one was part of my PhD research into lucid dreaming as a creative writing tool. So I drew on my lucid dreams to write this novel, Breathing in Colour, uh, and it's uh, it's a novel where I brought in lucid dream figures and I brought in also um, a lot of imagery from my lucid dreams. And the lucid dreaming helped me with the plot. It's the story of a mother whose daughter goes missing while she's backpacking through India. And the mother flies out to try and find her daughter. So it's a quest, it's a quest really, but it's also an, an inner quest uh, as the, the the main protagonist finds out or she reconnects with the trauma of her earlier life. Uh, and the other novel is Dream Runner. Um, now, Dream Runner is based around a sleep disorder called REM sleep behavior disorder. And this is when people act out their dreams uh, in a violent way. Um, it's actually uh, can be quite dangerous. So, most of us have this natural paralysis when we sleep to stop us from acting out our dreams, right? Um, but in some people, this paralysis is lifted. And so, Uh, They might dream that there's an intruder in the house and they run and they they kick at the intruder and then you know, they actually they're kicking against a wardrobe, and they wake up with a broken toe or with blood all over them. It can be very, very scary. People have leapt out of windows and hurt themselves, um, or attacked their partners. So it's quite, it can be quite dark, very dark. Um, and so my second novel is based around, you know, what would happen if someone in your family developed this and started enacting their violent dreams? And there's an element of lucid dreaming in there as well, because lucid dreaming could be a Way to resolve this? If you realize, oh, I'm having that nightmare again, then you can wake yourself up so that you don't enact these nightmares. And that novel set in Portugal, where I spent six years of my life.
0: This is John calling in from Tampa, Florida. Hey, John, welcome to the show.
5: Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, Good. Well, I show. was wondering, um, is there a to, like, point a certain object? In your dream, do you know that you're dreaming? Like, my friend told me he looks like a red moon in his dreams, so he knows he's dreaming. Is there something like that I can do to know I'm dreaming without knowing I'm dreaming?
0: Are you saying, just so I understand, John, are you saying can you put some type of object or symbol into your dream that cues you into the fact that you're dreaming? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Claire?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, It's a it's a very, very good way of uh, helping yourself to get lucid. Um, So either you can ask your dreams to come up with a symbol for you and just write down your dreams and see where this symbol comes up and then you've will you got it. Or you can choose an object which for you feels very important and resonates with you deeply on an emotional level and you can say, right, this is my lucidity trigger. This object is going to show up in my dream and when I see it, I'm going to know that I'm lucid in my dream. Okay,
5: and um, will it be pronounced or will it be in the background (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, the thing about dreams is that that's, uh, it totally depends. I mean, you could have like a round object, uh, like a, a circle, and it could show up in your dreams as a shining full moon, you know, uh, it might not be that obvious. So you have to be alert for it. But if you have this object, it's quite good to have it in the waking world as well, either as a picture or an actual object that you can hold in your hand. And just take that in your hand before you go to sleep and say to yourself, I will recognize this object object however it shows up in my dreams so it's about talking to yourself and planting that intention in your mind so that you will see the object in the dream and become lucid
1: all right well okay. thanks, thanks for the call john
0: yeah thank you for calling in um claire how do how can lucid dreaming help us uh tackle uh for lack of a better word nightmares
2: ah yes well It can help us to tackle nightmares because we have various options when we become lucid in a dream we can we can think okay this is this is a scary nightmare i feel like i want to just flee or wake myself up from the nightmare but because I know it's a dream and I want to resolve it, I'm going to stay right where I am in this lucid dream. I'm not going to change the dream and run away. And then you can face up to those nightmare images and ask them questions. For example, there was one uh, lady who was very anxious in her waking life and she had recurring nightmares where she was chased by threatening men. And she decided that she needed to become lucid in this nightmare. So when it happened again, these horrible men were chasing her and And she turned around and faced one of them, who was like a giant with glowing eyes. And she said, why are you chasing me? And to her amazement in the dream, he then shrank down to a normal normal size. His gaze grew sad and helpless. And he said, why? You ordered us to come. You need us for your fear. And that's when the lady realized that her fear was self-created. She didn't need the fear anymore. And after this, those nightmares never returned. And on top of that, she felt much less fearful and anxious in her waking life too. So that was a very empowering way to use her lucidity to engage with a nightmare. And as you see, the nightmare just transformed uh, spontaneously, and she was able to have this dialogue with this scare, you know, this part of herself that needed to feel fearful.
0: Let's uh, jump to another listener call. This is Justin calling in, I believe, from Chicago. Hey, Justin. Welcome to the show. Great to have you back on.
4: Hey, um, when you go in your dreams, when you go to like a place, do you think it's our brains or something that create it or is it some sort of other life form that creates the places we go to sometimes in our dreams?
0: Justin, do you mean like do we travel to another dimension? Yeah. Or is it something that our brain, we're just experiencing within our brains? Is that the question? Okay. Yeah. Claire, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that uh, dreams are restricted to our brains. I think uh, that would be a very grandiose way of thinking that we're kind of the creators of the the whole of reality. Um, so definitely, my view is that dreaming is a, a kind of other dimension. Um, we can we can experience all sorts of things in our lucid dreams. There are so many, there are so many things. You know, like there are telepathic dreams where people um, actually receive information. Uh, through their dreams that they couldn't have known in waking life and I also get a lot of people contacting me via my website and saying things like um I keep dreaming really powerful dreams before people die. I mean, these are really heavy dreams to, to have, right? But this shows us again, that, that dreams transcend the usual waking reality that we seem to usually think is the only reality. It's not the only reality. Dreams have a very deep function, and they can help us to, to understand much more about the nature of consciousness, because they're so diverse
1: have there been cases of people uh different people having lucid dreams being able to connect with one another in the lucid dream
2: um there have been cases of mutual dreaming yeah um and i I think you you need to kind of have people who are very dedicated to trying this most of the time sometimes it happens spontaneously and you can verify it um but uh, i know of uh, some people who have actually tried to do this um They've said, right, let's do this as an experiment. We'll meet tonight in our dreams. And, you know, it's very hit or miss. <laughs> and sometimes they'll think they've connected, but the other one doesn't remember that any dreams. But it is sometimes possible that you can do that. And I think as the technology also develops, we may find ways of having more mutual dreaming. Like imagine if you had a, tele- a telephone app, an app on your mobile phone, that could kind of, you can operate it in some way when you're lucid in your dream, to connect with another person who is also currently in their lucid dream. I mean, I think things like that are going to be possible. You see the way that technology is developing. So that could help us. But it's um, it seems to be quite, quite difficult to make it happen for most people. Mm.
0: Let's uh, jump to Randy calling in from Indiana. Hey, Randy. Randy, ahead. welcome to the show. You're on the air.
5: Okay, this is Randy. Yeah, hey, Randy. Yes, welcome I- to the show. I, I got the other dreams too. I can tell, like forest lights, the other lights and anyway, she just answered my question. I was gonna ask her because I've been mm-hmm. in dreams to where you know, you can throw do whatever you want, you like i am in mean, a dream and because my cousin I'm like nightmare. Well, hold this way, here you can have it. you know, you're my dream, you know, whatever you want to do. Okay. So I've been in dreams before where, you know, they'll argue with me. So that is that like a dream, someone else you're in someone else's dream Yes, you just answered, I
0: think. <laughs> well, we can get a little more uh, insight on that. Uh, Claire, if, if someone's arguing with a dream, are you part of their dream? Are they part of your dream?
2: How how does that work? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, I think sometimes with uh, lucid dreamers, there's a tendency to think, right, I'm lucid. This is my dream. Everything in this dream belongs to me and I'm the one in charge, but it's not necessarily like that. And that's one of the things I love about lucid dreaming is that it actually turns our assumptions about the nature of the dream reality on their heads. So it's very interesting. If someone in your dream is arguing with you, uh, okay, it could be part of yourself that's kind of resistant to you doing whatever it is that you want to do in the dream and that's that's also very interesting um but it could be something deeper than that it could be uh, someone else you know you could be in someone else's dream who knows this is the exciting thing we're just discovering about this so the way to find out when you're in the dream is to ask questions ask questions of your dream people and find out how conscious they are there's an awful lot about this in my Llewellyn's complete book of lucid dreaming because it's so fascinating to find out how much you can learn from your, from your lucid dream figures, the people who turn up in your dreams. So do question them and, uh, and find out more about them.
5: So a yeah, question. So that, oh, I, I catch them, people in different dimensions too. Um, I've been dreaming before till I'm looking over my body and I'm, t- I'm sleeping and something like home again, I can't move. Like for example, I grab in my dream up there, I told myself in bed to grab the cross off my own bedpost so i be out of the dream. So I'm out of my dream. I broke the cross that my mom made me and she's passed away. So when I wake up in the morning, that cross is nowhere to be found. It's like different dimension.
2: Yeah. Um, I didn't hear some of that because it was a bit the line's a bit funny for me. So was that about um about feeling that you're connect connecting with other dimensions beyond the dream world?
5: Yeah, actually, um, See myself, you know, I'm above myself, looking down, and okay. I grab the cross to wake myself up. I wake up, but then in the morning, the cross is not in my hand anymore. It's nowhere to be found, anywhere in the room or anywhere. Yeah, like just like vanished. Okay, where, where does it usually show up? Well, that one never showed up. I mean, <laughs> oh really? Okay, that's, that's mm-hmm. a different kind ghost stuff there, but oh well. Anyway, hey, thanks for
1: everything (laughs) well thanks for the call so now are out-of-body experiences uh the same as lucid dreaming like he was just saying he was seeing himself floating above himself in bed so that's that's an out-of-body experience but now certainly
2: sounds like one during
1: out-of-body experiences you're able to a lot of times control uh, control the environment around you and things of that nature so is that a style of lucid dreaming
2: well, I mean, there are overlaps between out of body experiences and lucid dreams. But um, the differences can be seen uh, in the fact that, well, for example, an out of body experience can also happen when you're wide awake in waking consciousness. And lucid dreaming doesn't happen just like that, you know. So, for example, if you're having, um, if there's some sort of physical trauma, like uh, I remember a lady telling me she was in a, a motorbike crash. And uh, at the moment of impact, she left her body and went up above and just watched this motorbike as it slithered around on the road and crashed. Um, and she felt totally safe and totally disconnected from what was happening. You know, it didn't bother her. Um, and then she was pulled back into her body and she was there on the road and pain and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that, that is definitely an out-of-body experience and not a lucid dream experience. So there are definite differences. Um but they, the states do have some overlap, like you say, in, in an out-of-body experience. You can also guide events to to an extent. Um, but out-of-body experiences, often you're in an environment that looks like your own physical environment, for example, whereas in a lucid dream you could be in, um, well, very kind of dreamlike, dream-like um, environments. So it's kind of hard hard to tell sometimes if you're in a lucid dream or an out-of-body experience. I've had experiences where I've said, well, I, this started out as a lucid dream, but now it doesn't feel like I'm lucid dreaming anymore. It feels like I'm actually out of my physical body. So I think there are overlaps, and you can certainly uh, access out-of-body experiences through various states of consciousness.
0: Interesting. Okay. And then just one more question about uh, the benefits of lucid dreaming. You talk about it being able to help heal, actually heal physical ailments, heal um, (laughs) bodily issues. Uh, How does that work and how can we put that to use?
2: Yeah. Well, lucid dreamers may be able to influence unconscious body processes like subjects in hypnosis, um, because there's, of course, this very strong mind-body connection. I think um, earlier one of you was saying about having someone sometimes reports having a a dream about hurting themselves and they wake up and they've got a bruise on their arm. Right. So, again, it shows this mind-body connection. What we're doing in our dreams does have an effect on our bodies. Um, We can see that as well through through studies into actual physical orgasms in lucid dreams, again with the eye movements uh, in the sleep lab to signal the onset of orgasm. And then the researchers have been able to measure the changes in the body um, around that, and, it, and it's like a physical orgasm, an actual waking one. So this shows us that what we do in our dreams is not some sort of isolated thing, it's actually having an effect on our physical bodies, so we can use that also for healing. And so we can, for example, if there's uh, something wrong with our body, we're suffering, we're ill, or we have pain, we can we can decide to direct healing energy to that part of our body when we become lucid in the dream. And there have been examples of this um, where people have woken up and they felt they felt a lot better or else the the pain has gone um so there was one woman who uh, had something wrong with her wrist i think she'd she'd strained a tendon and she couldn't move her thumb at all without terrible pain shooting through her in her next lucid dream she directed healing energy and it came out in a stream of blue and violet sparkles and she could see beneath the skin and she could see this sort of black shape and this actually managed to she managed to get it out of her wrist and then when she woke up she could move her wrist and her thumb around in different directions with absolutely no pain so of course the thing is can you know can we prove it scientifically not really you know scientists would say oh it would have healed overnight anyway (laughs) but um, there are certainly many many stories of Effective lucid dream healing,
0: and that's the bottom line. There's too many stories to discount it. Uh, Claire, we're out of mm-hmm. time, and thank you so much okay. for joining us. And one of the things I'm going to say right now is, I'm, we're going to have to have you back on because we didn't even touch this lucid dreaming sex issue.
1: I, I think that should be multiple shows,
0: multiple, <laughs> multiple shows, what, multiple what? Um, yeah, uh, shows show multiple oh, well,
1: shows. I, I...
2: I've written a, a Psychology Today article on that that you can find as well. There's one there on lucid dream sex. And there's a whole chapter in Llewellyn's Complete Book of Lucid Dreaming and in the Mindful Dreaming book as well. So well, there's lots of we, information we, out there. We can just call
1: it, like, Lucid Dream Sex Wednesdays. <laughs> 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 Promise you'll come back, uh, Claire. Promise you'll come All back right, on I would show.
2: love to. It's been lovely talking to you both. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Thank you so much for coming on. You have a great night, and we look forward to talking to you again.
0: The website is deepluciddreaming.com. The books include Mindful Dreaming. Dreaming and Llewellyn's complete book of lucid dreaming.
1: Yeah, check it out. I mean, the website's phenomenal. I'm I'm on it right now, and she covers a ton of stuff. So, but uh, make sure you go to the about section. You can look up all different things on lucid dreaming. All so right. I forgot
0: to bring up um, at the beginning of the program that May seventeenth is World Telecommunications Day. And uh, the reason I find that pretty interesting, I wouldn't normally even talk about it. You have
1: a damn calendar. (laughs) I think
0: I found my calling in life. But I found found it interesting to see what they claim are the most important uh, milestones in telecommunications. 1865, when this was started, uh, obviously the telegraph was the method of, you know, communicating long distances. 1876, a telephone came into existence. Then it wasn't until 1957, although why isn't radio in there, which would have been 1890-something. That's interesting. I don't include that. But they talk about the uh, launching of the first satellite in 1957, which began satellite communications. And then the Internet was developed in the 1960s by Al Gore, as we all know. (laughs) And then 2005, uh, smartphones became popular. So welcome to uh, World Telecommunications Day, May 17th.
1: That's going to do it for us. You listen to Jason and JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll catch you all tomorrow.